welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, the Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, yes. and joined by uh, Fred Flintstone with a better car, ski. Slightly better. And Fred a, Flintstone driving around with both feet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and a man who hasn't realized he's just talking into a hairbrush. <laughs> <laughs> was it not explained to him? It was it? No, apparently not. Um, this whole time. <laughs> I thought about introducing you guys as my insignificant others. Uh. <laughs> so, today we're going to be going over. Uh, <laughs> Should get introduced ski as a bushman. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be waiting over here. <laughs> Would it be ironic though if ski? Like, I don't. Are you a bushman? Like you mean like an outdoorsman? No, like uh, do you enjoy hairy genitalia? <laughs> <laughs> I would say generally not. Generally not. Okay, because your wife like removes hair for a living. Yeah. So yeah. it would be ironic if you were a bushman yeah, yeah, and was, she was just going out of her way to. Yeah. yeah. Just, every time I went down, I was like, oh, <laughs> disappointment again. She's like, her, her career is ruining other women for you. <laughs> <laughs> every time she sees Ski giving the eye to somebody, she's like, I have a free service to offer. Exactly. exactly. Here's the link to my Groupon. <laughs> has she done the Groupon? She has. Oh, nice. she Did actually, it work out well for her? Uh, she's done it a few times. I think it usually worked out pretty well. Nice. Now, uh, she kind of got on the Groupon train early, mm-hmm. and, and like the first one or two that she did, she made mm-hmm. quite a bit of money. Yeah. The Groupon takes a lot, too. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in subsequent ones, there was less demand mm-hmm. because other Groupons were out there. Yeah. So it was kind of saturated, mm-hmm. and she made a lot less. Mm-hmm. But it was still, I mean, if she does them, she, <clears throat> I don't know if she has or has considered to do them uh, more recently, mm-hmm. but still a moneymaker. Yeah. Well, I know the big thing, too, with them is just drumming up new potential yeah. customers that you stuff, hope yeah. will continue to use the service yeah. at a full price. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Anyways, uh, well, today we're going to be going over season six, episode nineteen, mellow drama, and uh, ski. Oh, <laughs> ski's going to be doing our recap today. And of course, uh, Brent and I will probably point out our favorite lines as we go uh-huh. through the episode. Yeah, and uh, we'll name our MVPs at the end, as well as rate it out of eight slices of cheesecake. Uh, but I did have a couple little things to do before we kick off the episode. No, 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 no. It's a uh, it's family friendly. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, got into listener interaction from Jennifer. Oh, yeah. um, she said uh, this was in relation to uh, the Bloom off the Rose, uh, episode 13 of this season. Oh, yeah. Um, what was that one about? Uh, something with Rose. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that was when her and Miles were having a boring relationship, and then they went uh, skydiving. I gotcha. believe that's correct. Cool. Um, but this was relating more to our our conversation during the episode. She said that, Here's your new slug line, Sophia's Choice Podcast, taking something delicious and making it disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining the Golden Girl yeah. since 2022. <laughs> she said that she was actually eating breakfast during the salmon sausage discussion <laughs> and that she agrees with your assessment. Yay. <laughs> and I said it's funny because it's true. Now, I meant about us making something oh, yeah. <laughs> disgusting, but she said, it is. <laughs> and then she said, what nefarious brain looks at salmon and thinks this should be sausage? Exactly. <laughs> it's, let's throw this in some casing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we had that interaction. Then we had uh, one other one I wanted to mention today. We got an uh, interaction from Stacy. Oh, go ahead and say Stacy. And let's see. Stacy, this was in relation to, uh, let's see, um, for season uh, six, episode 14, for okay. Sister of the Bride. Okay. And she said that. Part one or two? I, I think it was, if there, if there was only one part in that, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> we all 
flustered here. <laughs> I make myself look like an idiot plenty. I don't need you to co-sign on it. <laughs> Trying to get somebody to get a free sticker. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, is that uh, that, that uh, propagates from uh, that episode forward? I assume. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you ever notice an error and want a sticker, by all means, send me a message. <laughs> we want to hear about it. Um, but uh, Stacy had wrote that it might be time to start a little golden book entitled Everything I Never Thought I Knew I Need to Know I Learned from Sophia's Choice Podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that she was certain it would sell tens of copies. Uh, <laughs> and that we could include a sticker with it. <laughs> there you go. I said, I think it's a great idea, but I think we'd only be able to sell ten singular uh, <laughs> copies. And that that would uh, be contingent uh-huh. upon each of us purchasing one for ourselves and one for a loved one. <laughs> <laughs> Those are both pretty good comments. Yeah. Yeah. So on that I same, like Stacy's callback to tens of listeners. Yeah, it's really funny. Well, and Jennifer also mentioned she said, "Okay, I'll admit it. The explanation of space docking was totally worth it." <laughs> oh <laughs> what, no! What was that? Space docking was the uh, we we discussed. This is something that Ski came up with. I think I did not come up with this <laughs> <laughs> during his blippy years. Yeah. <laughs> It was the thing we talked about of one man trying to put his penis in the foreskin <gasps> of another man. <laughs> it's called space docking. Yeah, you've already forgotten two episodes later or whatever it's been. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what. Oh, and happy New Year, everybody! Today is January second. If you're listening to it on the day it drops. Oh so yeah, it is. Hope 2023 is off to a great start for you. Yeah. It's always Same. nice uh, with New Year's celebrations. That that I can wish Happy New Year without any qualifiers. You know, like mm-hmm. with Christmas, I feel like I need to say holidays yeah. and things. But you want to be inclusive to yeah, yeah. whatever people's beliefs are. But everybody believes it's a new year. <laughs> <laughs> what about Chinese? <laughs> well, that's true. But I the think Chinese our Chinese listenership is way down this year. Um, actually, mm-hmm. I don't think it ever went up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we're blocked <laughs> Chinese podcasting uh, circles. But... It's, it's a shame. You think like you think all the Chinamen working on the railroad would have time to listen. Right, exactly. <laughs> what else would they do with their time? All the live long day. Exactly. <laughs> Did you get all your uh, New Year's resolutions like you hit most of them? or uh, For 2022? Yeah. I hit all of them. Nice. I didn't make any. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have some resolutions for 2023, so yeah. we'll see. Um, I, I guess so. You two probably have not prepared anything. Do you want, do you want to share? or do you... I, I'll share a couple, yeah. <laughs> I do hope to... Uh, uh, exercise on my hope is to get two and a half hours of exercise a week on okay. average, so like 30 minutes a weekday, yeah. which I think that's a reasonable goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that the I don't know, people recommend 30 to 60 minutes uh, mm-hmm. to stay healthy, so that yeah. would be the low end of that, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one goal, and then I also, which I don't know if anybody's heard on here, um, I do drink a lot of Coke Zero. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping to phase out Coke by the end of the year. Nice. Like It'll entirely? Be a, yeah. I mean, wow. I, I won't say entirely as in like if I'm at a restaurant, I might not drink one, but as far as purchasing it for home consumption, yeah. I do uh, hope to phase that out over the next uh, 12 well, months. Luck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I, I have a real paranoia, mm-hmm. um, and I think one time I clicked on an article on Yahoo, so now I get all kinds of articles that play to this paranoia, but... Oh, sort of articles about space talking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many articles. Um, I don't want to know any more about this. You get almost as many as Ski, but he has the Google News alert for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm the one posting those, so... He's all trying to push his agenda. <laughs> Subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my, my parent or not paranoia, but fear is of dementia. I don't... Oh, yeah. I, I've said before, I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but I'd rather die younger with all my mental faculties than mm-hmm. live longer mm-hmm. and have Alzheimer's or dementia or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 
And I feel like every article I read, it's like, hey, you know, everything you do in your life, mm-hmm. it's it's increasing your chances for dementia. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, the, depending on the kinds of food you eat, the amount of sleep you get, drinking, Coke Zero. Yeah, yeah, Coke Zero. And so, yeah. but I can't I think like attack all of it. Doesn't just once, getting so. older increase your chances for dementia? It does. It does. Living longer <laughs> does increase that. So I guess I could go the other route and just try to speed that process up. <laughs> go the Ponce de Leon route? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who Ponce de Leon is? <laughs> Uh, fountain of youth. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. Um, okay. Oh, but, Alan. Um, <laughs> do, do either of you two, uh, we're recording this a couple weeks prior to the new yeah. year starting. Do either of you two have uh, something in mind you're hoping for for 2023? Brent, you got anything with it? Uh, just say, um, so last year, um, you know, my goal was, I think, 26 books or whatever. Oh, yeah. oh you smashed Did you that, miss? didn't you? Yeah, like I'm at 84, and wow. I still got a few weeks to really go. Good. So it almost sounds like you gave yourself a layup for <laughs> your goal now. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, next I'm going to try to read 52 next year. Okay. Um, and then saying, you know, as far as just healthy and stuff like that, I need mm. to drop a few pounds or whatever. So. That's that's about it for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm gonna watch more foreign films. Oh, okay. And by that I mean um, you know, just Kung Fu and Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's a great movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, <laughs> heard and it does have some subtitles. It's not really a foreign film, but it's yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but you get to read some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was the uh, the movie that won uh, best film like two years ago or something? Oh, uh, Insidious or something like that. What was it called? Maybe, the one maybe. Shape of Water. No, well, I mean maybe, but there was one that. Uh, there was a, it was like a Korean or Japanese, I forget which. Parasite. Yeah. Parasite. Parasite, there That's you it. go, yeah. yeah. So. I haven't seen that. It's you, a solid you know movie. What, uh, I enjoyed it. What, what country it was made in? Korea. It was Korea, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's by the guy that did Old Boy. It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> oh, Old Boy was a, like, I enjoyed that movie. I'll never, ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. Like, it got to the end, and I was like, okay, well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those uh, those horror movies that, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, one one and done. Exactly. <laughs> Even yeah. if I think it's a solid enough movie in its own right, or yeah, worth a view, worth one view and one view only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I will, are we allowed to like issue like a personal disclaimer or whatever? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. This is um. So this is for Sherry. Okay. You can go ahead and stop listening, <laughs> <laughs> and you can rejoin us. I'll let Alan tell you like how long you have to wait before you rejoin us. Okay. So let's let's pause for a moment so Sherry can stop. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a Stephen King book called Later. Okay. And it's about a boy who can talk to dead people. Huh. Okay. And it seems like they've had a movie like that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and and it was good. Like I was really enjoying it. You know, it's one of those things that I enjoyed it ninety five percent of the way through. Mm-hmm. And I was totally fine with the fact that this boy can talk to dead people. Like right. he can only talk to him for like shortly after they die oh, okay. you know so it's one of those things that they start to fade mm-hmm. as you know they've been dead for a little while their ghost their spirit whatever okay you know but I, I was fine with it i was like well within the conceits of the story somebody dies and you know, he's got 24 hours or whatever in which he can communicate with them mm-hmm. and then he can't i don't need it freaking explained to me or right. whatever okay um so then like in the very last chapter we find out that Somehow the reason he can, you know, talk to dead people is because he was the child of incest between his mom and her brother. Uh-uh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Stephen. <laughs> why, why incorporate that, right? Like, exactly. Just make it, just make, make it mystical. Like, exactly. Unexplainable. But, uh, exactly. oh, no, there's a perfectly logical explanation. <laughs> exactly. Incest. Exactly. 
<laughs> exactly. Like, I have never been more disappointed in a book <laughs> than I was in that. Or were you just disappointed that your parents weren't siblings? Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> I could be Haley Joel Osment if it did. Wasn't uh, Sleepwalkers a Stephen King movie? Yeah, yeah. Didn't, uh, in that movie, didn't... Uh, yeah, it was a mother-son type yeah. thing. Yeah, I think so. Well, maybe Stephen's got some issues. <laughs> yeah. Too many things more horrifying than incest, though, in all honesty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as far as real-life horror goes, that's, yeah. that's right up there. Uh, that is still, like, um, like the most unsettling episode of the X-Files mm. was an incest-related one, too. Uh, it's called Home. No, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Luke Wilson was in that one. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really, really good. Him and Owen... Owen wasn't in that one. No, I'm just saying the incest. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The Wilson boys are space docking. <laughs> Courtesy of Ski. Exactly. Well, I, got, I got this idea. Push from my guy. agenda. <laughs> yeah. Your liberal agenda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How am I going to do my uh, recap when I'm laughing too hard? He's like, I'm all about woke. Years on, keep extending. Oh, God. I guess applause for coming up with it quick. That was quick, yeah. Or maybe he came up with that before and he was just waiting for a chance. Probably, yeah. where, can I, where can I squeeze this in? That's yeah. like, finally. <laughs> Ski, did you have any resolutions that you have in mind for this coming? I mean, this new honestly, year? I. It's funny because a lot. Uh, the two that I had in mind was kind of a reminiscent of what you had said. Uh, I definitely want to work out more. I I was really good uh, about drinking just water for a long time, mm-hmm. and I lately I've been drinking more soda, so I want to kind of mm-hmm. get back to just drinking water. Sure. And then, uh, I think I want to find a new job. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. To be honest. Oh wow. Well, I I know that. Uh, you are a man of many talents, and I think you'd probably be very happy in a lot of other opportunities. So, well, I don't think it's at risk of uh, people hearing this on thing, but uh, our plan's been going downhill for a while. It's mm. just getting more real quality skip. control. Surely, do a better job. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just really worried about some of the management structure. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it, we not too long ago changed plant managers, mm-hmm. and the guy who left. Um, kind of left himself in a really good position, yeah. uh, looking good in front of management, mm-hmm. with some of the moves he had made for the plant, yeah. uh, have been have had long, long-term long negative effects. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy that took over, not as well equipped to mm-hmm. handle some of that stuff, and so it's just falling apart. Yeah. Well, I am. Um, well, hope it, hope it works out for you. Find something that you enjoy better and more money and everything like that. I'm sorry you have to, at least you're being proactive about it, you know. That's the way I was. You know, when I left my last job for my current job, it was one of those things that I just sort of saw the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, this isn't going to end well, you know? And so, like, two weeks back or whatever, uh, they got rid of, like, 25% of the people, mm. you know, on my team, and then, like, over 400 total. Wow. But it's one of those things that, um, you know, I don't want to talk out of school or whatever, but basically, you know, corporate put, you know, our location in charge of something and just, you know, management did just a bang-up job and knocked it out of the park, and it could not have possibly gone any better. And so corporate's like, okay, yeah, these people got it going on, so they promoted, you know, all the management to corporate jobs or Mm -hmm. whatever. Well, then the knuckleheads that replaced those, Mm -hmm. like, couldn't handle it, and so things went downhill, and they're like, oh, well, this this location's not doing well, so we need to clean house. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was just... 
I don't know. It sort of grew too fast as far as that goes, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic because I recently changed jobs uh, a, a few months back. Mm-hmm. And I left because I wasn't happy with kind of the general way things were going yeah, yeah. Um, for my department as well as in certain ways. There were aspects about the company that I didn't like either. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up getting a call from one of my former coworkers, and she was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if you heard, but they're outsourcing almost all of our jobs mm-hmm. um, by the, I don't know, July of next year or something like yeah. that. So. So yes, Kiffin, there's a couple anecdotal um, <laughs> pieces of you know experience. Would you should... say things are going pretty good right now? Oh, yeah. I, I love my yeah. new job. I'm yeah, glad. it's where I I'm incredibly happy with it. So yeah. very good. You I'm could glad. find the same hopefully. Yeah, and I would like to you know I think that you know if you're gonna make a change or whatever, mm-hmm. you know um, definitely do it now because you know might not always be a good market for middle-aged white guys. <laughs> so you have to strike while the iron's hot. Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> so, um. Before you get shot what in the makes foot you by think your I'm own, white? Shot yeah. in the foot by your own woke agenda. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All your space docking. <laughs> Propaganda. Yeah. Exactly. So will you put this podcast on your resume when you, when you start looking? It's on his LinkedIn profile. Definitely, yeah. Well, honestly, uh, our uh, listener base is where I'm going to look for a job. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to think You this. know me. Exactly. You're going to be the ASMR intern for Angela and company. I'd like to think it's Angel. But, um, Angel, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I'd like to think that Ski puts like on his LinkedIn like his profession that it's uh, quality assurance technician or manager, uh, or whoa, engineer, quality, en- engineer. quality engineer slash internet personality. <laughs> <laughs> I went internet personality first. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the primary job. Right, that's what you're most proud of. <laughs> quality engineer comes second. <laughs> Influencer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine all the people we influenced to buy that book. Uh, <laughs> the ones of people. Maybe <laughs> um, anyway. single digits. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, before we kick off the episode, um, I do actually, uh, a few weeks back was Brent's birthday. I haven't seen him since his birthday. Oh, yeah. I think our last recording session was prior to that. It's it's yeah. it's in November. Yeah. You're We're recording this in December, and you're, mm-hmm. of course, hearing it there right at yeah. the start of the new year. Yeah. And I have a gift for you, Brent. Oh, yeah. really? Uh-huh, I do. <laughs> and, and it actually ties in quite well with um, something that we literally just spoke about moments ago. Okay. So. <laughs> Space docking. <laughs> <laughs> a beginner's guide. Oh, nice. <laughs> now I, I knew about this one and I saw it like when it arrived and I couldn't be happier. It is a copy of Miles to Go by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I hope that's number one of fifty two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to uh By that you mean one for every week of the year, right? Oh, right. Read it fifty two times <laughs> this year. It's still in the shrink wrap plastic. Mm. So it, I'm taking it out of the plastic so it no longer has the resale value. <laughs> So I'm going to just open to a random page okay. and then just give you a little bit of Miley Cyrus wisdom here. Nice. Wouldn't it be hori- horrifying if it was like some kind of like crazy like sex thing from a teenager? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, because this book is a few years old. She was not um, yeah. the Miley Cyrus she is today. It's like yeah. super dirty. You're like, oh my gosh. She's gone quite a few miles since that book. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how many pages we got here? It's published by Disney. <laughs> See, yeah, pages. guaranteed it's dirty. Oh, 
my let's go 100 things I want to do before I die. Okay. So pick a number between 1 and 100, Ski. 75. Uh, so before Miley Cyrus dies, she would like... To marry uh, oh, Liam Hemsworth. Bullshit. So <laughs> <laughs> 100 things I want to do before I die, okay? Number one, ride in a helicopter. And then it's crossed out and says done. Okay. okay. Number two is uh, go to the bottom of the ocean. Okay. Like the, the bottom Mariana of the ocean? Trench, or, I, I mean, because the bottom of the ocean, you could just walk onto the beach and technically <laughs> you're at the bottom of that spot. Yeah. Like number 23, uh, read the entire Bible. And then it says, you know, in process. Okay. Okay. Number is that the one you said bullshit about? <laughs> uh, number 49, invent something. I don't know what yet. Ha ha. Okay. <laughs> number 50. Finish this list and get to 100, and then there's not a 51 through 100. Uh, <laughs> so I could oh. not give you number 75 ski because <laughs> Miley chicken shit out. Like, I did 100 things about 100 something at some point in time for one of these episodes. Like, maybe the 100th episode. Right, yeah. Well, what's number facts. eight? We'll go with eight. Number eight is win a Grammy. Oh. I bet she's probably won a she, Grammy. She may have, yeah, at this point. Um, yeah. I love the idea that her follow-up is a few more miles or a few miles more. <laughs> or, or the final mile. All right, yeah. The green... <laughs> I wonder if the British version's, uh, you know, kilometers to go. Yeah. <laughs> you want to pick a number between one and 50? Uh, sure, let's go with um, number 13. Okay. Uh, 13 is, uh, ooh, Go on a peace mission in Africa, oh, okay. and that's a uh, P E A C E. You know, she's, oh, okay. not, she's not trolling for <laughs> <laughs> so for some African loving. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> number eighteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is funny or sad or <laughs> what it is. Okay. Meet my real dad. Exactly. <laughs> um, number eighteen. Have a wig company for kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, does she mean? I'm well, assuming they're cancer kids. Like, did she wear? She, did she wear wigs on the? Oh, the I'm sure she did. Yeah. So maybe that's what she was wanting. It's not like a leukemia thing. Or... Uh, yeah, I mean, perhaps it could be both. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the idea that this whole book is just like a BuzzFeed article where everything <laughs> is just ten different lists yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with an ad in the middle, and they all end at five fifty and so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you. No, you're welcome. Um, Happy birthday, sir. Yeah, I will try to read this before the end of the year. It's uh, 260 some pages. So okay. Very I'm nice. Knock this out. Yeah, I still. I, I was... might take the cover off just because that's just a disconcerting <laughs> picture. <laughs> like if you saw me sitting in Starbucks reading this, <laughs> it reminded me of uh, uh, Britney Spears' first album cover. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not quite as salacious. No, as no, that, it's not. But, but I'm saying like, yeah. it's similar. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. She's got like an Avril Lavigne sort of look going on on this cover. <laughs> you just said that because you like to say Avril. <laughs> I don't think you even think that necessarily. You just want a way to work in your pronunciation. <laughs> I mean, she does look a little bit like Avril Lavigne. <laughs> so you're right. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Ski. I think we are now done with all of the tomfoolery to start this episode. Yep, 30 minutes let's, in let's now. Let's get into uh, the, the female shenanigans for mm-hmm. the, the goldens. Mm-hmm. All right, season six, episode 19, Melodrama. <laughs> I think that's the appropriate way to say it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was definitely an episode that <laughs> seemed like Epic. a 
30s uh, sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, can I say one more thing? Yeah. All right. So, um, have you guys watched that Spirited movie? I've seen Spirited Away. Yeah. What, is Spirited one of the horses? Uh, Spirited has uh, Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Oh, it's oh, brand new, new Christmas it? movie. Yeah. But it's like a, isn't it a, a, it's, it's Apple? Like a, yeah, yeah. It's unfortunately, on the I haven't seen it because of that. Uh, and it's like um, you know, it's it's Christmas Carol, you know, and um, like Will Ferrell is the ghost of Christmas Present or whatever. Mm, okay. And Ryan Reynolds is you know the typical Ryan Reynolds d bag type mm. guy or whatever. <laughs> um, so I'm watching with Cassidy, you know, age eight, second grade, sure. or whatever. And we get to one part, and I think I guess it's Will Ferrell, you know. Um, Flip some double birds uh-huh. <laughs> to somebody, uh, maybe Ryan Reynolds or something, whatever. So I was, you know, he's giving the fingers or whatever. And so I look over at Cassidy and her jaw just drops. <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe they just did that. And so I was like, well, let's see what this is about. And so I was like, so what does that mean? And, you know, acting confused or whatever. And Cassidy thinks for a moment and she goes, it means he likes drama. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. yeah, Joey, I think, was doing that at school at one point when he was, you know, uh-huh. very small. Yeah. And he, he told us something like, I did this at school today and everybody hates it. That's good. Uh, original air date was February 16th, 1991. Big Britain. gap between the last episode and this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's right, yeah. Episode, oh, over 100 years. <laughs> Separated yeah. 135 years yeah. or some shit. <laughs> if your facts are correct, that is. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure somebody will let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> They'll get on that. Well, yeah. If you're wrong. I mean, right. it's likely you're correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All about that sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Robert Spina or Spina. I don't know which. Okay. Uh, and directed by some guy named Matthew Diamond. Mm-hmm. I think he's related to, to Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was gonna say Screech. Ah. <laughs> His real name's Alfred Hitchcock, but there was already one in the guild. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a screen name, then. It's just a, a pen name, if you will. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, we open in the kitchen. <clears throat> we see uh, Sophia, uh, Dorothy, and Sophia are sitting at the table uh, drinking coffee when uh, Blanche bursts in, and she's very upset. Dorothy asks her if she's uh, acting as if she just uh, found her first gray hair again. Blanche snaps back saying that just because she has to walk around looking like an English lawyer doesn't mean everyone else should have to. <laughs> yeah, that was solid. Sick burn. Uh, Blanche explains that uh, a generic man, she never even mentions his name, I don't think, mm-hmm. had canceled the date for the evening. Blanche basically admits that uh, although she uh, uh, he wasn't really special to her, uh, she may have met somebody while they were out that right. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably where I would be at <laughs> if I was in the market. Uh-huh. I'd be the guy that you're going on a date with in hopes of meeting a better guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alan. <laughs> you're the catch right there. They, they wouldn't even know it. Well, I mean, I'd have a whole date to get my wit and witticism <laughs> to, to plead my case. <laughs> there you go. So how would you, like, so in this situation, okay, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, I'm just the, the first <laughs> link in this chain or whatever. Right, yeah. Like, how would you feel if, like, I just, you know, innocently texted you earlier in the day. He's like, what are you doing tonight? And you're like, oh, I'm taking Sally to the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, and then I just happened to show up at the Cheesecake Factory. 
20 oh, minutes later to swoop in and be number two. I don't know. I think I'd be like, looks like I'm getting a second date. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, your, if, your plo, if your ploy did work, uh-huh. then yeah, I guess I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be like, really? <laughs> like if my own friend? <laughs> I expect this from a stranger. <laughs> but your stranger wouldn't know how to call you. That's true. <laughs> it was like, like taking candy from a baby. <laughs> and then I would cry and shit my pants. <laughs> Typical Tuesday night. <laughs> Maybe on the safe side, just start telling me, he's like, oh, going to Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of where you're going. Right. <laughs> And pretty soon you're getting out of shape because all those unlimited breadsticks you keep eating. Exactly. <laughs> I have at the Olive Garden and you're over there at Fazoli's gloating. Yeah. <laughs> He's spending so much more money than we are. I mean, let's be honest. In this scenario where I'm taking this woman out who I know thinks that I'm below her and that she's looking for somebody better, yeah. taking her to shitty places is my best chance to continue the relationship. <laughs> Make her think that you've got options. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Or at least that she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, if you're at uh, Fazoli's, we'll just say there's a lower class of person there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, let's imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> In this fantasy realm. <laughs> we'll just say, like, she looks around and she's like, well... At least I got this guy. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the whole point of choosing Fazoli's to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. I had fun tonight. Let's maybe next week and go to Long John Silver's. On <laughs> <laughs> best clothes, there's always Captain D's. Exactly. <laughs> you got to wear them down, Brent. Exactly. <laughs> Good times. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, she says, you know. uh, Matthew Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Dorothy suggests that Blanche stay home for the night and uh, just watch some TV uh, with her and Sophia. Blanche does not love this idea, so she decides to call her kind of standby date, Mel Bushman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She characterizes their relationship as uh, special because they're always there for each other when when they're needed. Um, Blanche is worried that uh, when Mel doesn't immediately answer his call, her call, though, Dorothy uh, points out that he is known as the Zipper King, and he may be, uh, quote, stuck in traffic. Mm-hmm. She's very proud of that joke. Yeah. Almost as proud as Miles was about his <laughs> zipper-related jokes yeah. a few weeks back. True, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then Rose comes in wearing uh, dark-framed glasses. She asks the girls if they make her look stupid. Mm-hmm. Blanche simply tells her, well, they don't hide it. Mm-hmm. I like that leaving one. the room. Uh, she tells Dorothy and Sophia that uh, work has tasked her with trialing these glasses with anti-fog coating. Mm-hmm. She then walks over to the freezer, opens the door, and puts her head in. Dorothy watches this and asks if she uh, should maybe revisit that am I looking stupid question. Yeah. Uh, she suggests that Rose simply leave the glasses in the freezer, close the door, and then come out and be with them. Mm-hmm. Personal note, I think Rose's approach may actually be more scientifically accurate, though. Because I believe a component of uh, what causes lenses to fog up is that uh, there's warm uh, air from the from the person's skin, mm-hmm. uh, and that comes in contact uh, and uh, with the cold air from the outside. And she could just take them out of the freezer and put them on her face. <laughs> True, but it wouldn't be exactly the same. Mm. 
Uh, Rose, well, because it's, it's like one side is actually hot where the other side's cold. If the whole glasses oh, are in the freezer, the whole on both sides of the glass would get. Uh, I think gotcha. it's causing instant condensation, basically. Gotcha. Okay. I could be wrong. No, no. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> Funny and informative. Yeah. Well, informative. I may try it, and if I do, <laughs> I'll let you guys know. Okay, good. I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose asks how... But not at the expense of a back in St. Olaf story. <laughs> like, if you only have time for one or the other, definitely write the story. Yeah, right. either put your head in a freezer <laughs> or <laughs> write the St. Olaf story. You know story. what? You, you say that, but we'll find out if you're uh, still on board after today's... <laughs> I've liked everyone so, so far. Mm-hmm. Same here. You're three well, for three. I, I hope I uh, hit, a, hit another one out the park. <laughs> uh, Rose asks how she's you know supposed to know they fog up. And Dorothy tells her that you know the little man in the fridge that turns the lights <laughs> on and off mm-hmm. uh, can let her know. This is, however, a touchy subject for Rose as she's afraid of that little man. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds her of Billy Barty. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines, though. Where she's like, it's... Uh, I'm not in the mood for jokes, especially about the little man. You know he scares me. (laughs) (laughs) Rose laments that uh, everyone at the TV station has an exciting job except for her. Dorothy asks if she's considered uh, a new position. Rose tells her, uh, or tells both of them, excuse me, that she's recently heard about a weekend reporter spot that's opening up, but says she wouldn't be qualified because she doesn't have experience. Mm. Uh, Sophia insists that she doesn't need any experience because she does have the one thing that every good reporter needs, hair that doesn't move. Yep. I thought that was a good line. Uh, we change scene. Uh, Rose is entering the house uh, now very enthusiastically. She sits down next to Dorothy and Sophia on the couch and tells them that, you know, after asking about the reporter job, they've given her a story to cover as a bit of an evaluation of her abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia does a spit take, just like Danny Thomas, mm-hmm. famed actor, singer, and nightclub comedian. Right. One and the same. Uh, Rose asks if they'll help uh, her prepare, and Sophia immediately agrees, suggesting that Rose interview Dorothy while she uh, pretends to uh, run a camera in a nearby chair just holding up a rolled-up magazine. Yeah, I did like the fact that Sophia, you know, got into it enough that she went ahead and rolled the magazine yeah, up. Yeah, to, you know, <laughs> yeah she was totally on board immediately. Yeah, definitely. Dorothy is uh, not thrilled about this idea, however, uh, but is kind of forced into it after Rose uh, pulls out a hairbrush to use as a pretend microphone. Mm-hmm. She does take a moment to explain that it is, in fact, a brush, right. not a mic. <laughs> she throws her uh, softball question, asking about her job as a substitute teacher. Dorothy uh, lowers the mic, though, saying that, uh, I'm not saying my job is boring. And uh, Camera Ma hollers from the side, saying, Say it, Dorothy, say it. Mm-hmm. She tells Rose that she should ask more probing questions. Rose then asks <laughs> her interviewee, about the drawer full of uh, retirement home brochures she keeps, waiting for Sophia to show the first signs of lessened capabi- uh, capacity. Yeah, I like that whole quote. Uh, Isn't it a fact that you have a drawer full of retirement home brochures, and you're just waiting for the first sign of dribble on your mother's chin to <laughs> lock her away forever? <laughs> and I love Sophia during that, because like, as Rose is saying it, she's slowly lowering <laughs> the, you know, uh-huh. The faux uh, camera. Right, exactly. In like kind of shock and <laughs> disgust, I guess. Yeah, my next line is actually that. Sophia lowers her camera in disbelief. <laughs> Dorothy's face is blank until she uh, quickly puts on a false smile and claims that Rose is just kidding. But Rose quickly clarifies that she's referring to the sock door where you know who can't reach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Dorothy is about to uh, break and stands up to leave. Sophia yells for her to press the topic because a good reporter always gets the scoop. Dorothy, with a 
a bit of a cracking voice, says that sometimes she just needs to pretend her she needs her pretend time with the brochures <laughs> when her mother is driving her crazy. I do like that idea <laughs> that she just goes in and fantasizes <laughs> about it for a little bit. Rose uh, does her sign off from a quote sad sad situation, <laughs> yeah. and Sophia does a fist pump to signal that she nailed it. Uh, ending the bit, Rose smiles and tells Dorothy, "Thank you," and that it was fun. Just then, Blanche comes in wearing a very orange outfit. <laughs> uh, she voices her concern that she hasn't been able to get a hold of Mel uh, after calling both day and night. Uh, Dorothy comments that if uh, she has to read a book because of that man, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dorothy asks uh, <laughs> why she's so concerned and again points out uh, the uh, on-again, off-again nature of the relationship. Blanche tells him that she's legitimately concerned about him and is realizing that it, he means a lot more to her than she actually realized. He says that uh, they have a lot of fun together and they tend to laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Sophia mm-hmm. blurts out that they should. They're both naked. Blanche pushes back saying that uh, they are more than just physical and tries to assert that uh, she's uh, not intimate with just anyone. Mm-hmm. Sophia, however, reminds her of the man that painted their address on the curb. Mm-hmm. Blanche says, you know, that wasn't a one-night stand since he'll be back when the paint fades. Yeah, that was good. Uh, Dorothy uh, says that uh, she shouldn't worry about him too much and that he's likely just busy with work. Rose starts to tell St. Olaf's story, but Dorothy stops her. Uh, Rose says, you know, she's going to tell it anyway, <clears throat> she's going to tell it anyway, but she's going to jump to the part that will, quote, make Blanche feel better. Right. <laughs> she visibly steps this, uh, through the story in her head before uh, getting to the point about uh, finding a man whom nobody in town liked. Dead in his home, mm-hmm. named Ingmar, I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, in the style of of raiding Frankenstein's castle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This, of course, makes Blanche uh, worried for Mel's safety. She decides to go to his house and check things out, uh, asking the girls to join her. They quickly gather their things and head to the door. Sophia asks Rose how the story was meant to help. Rose answers that, "Oh, it did. I've been waiting to get that off my chest for a long time." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we jump ahead. The girls were good. There was one funny thing. This, I guess, could possibly be in this next scene before they go into the house. Um, or maybe it was at the end of the, the prior scene. But Blanche has something about feeling bad about taking Mel for granted, I believe. She says a few times, so go ahead. Well, then Dorothy says, oh, honey, don't do this to yourself. You take everyone for granted. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah I've got that. Okay. Thanks for ruining it, Alan. Not a problem. All right, done. I'm done. That's Just the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent, who is your MVP? <laughs> Going with the Bushman. <laughs> All right, so uh, when the girls arrive at Mel's house, they see a pile of uh, newspapers left on the porch. Dorothy says that doesn't mean he's dead, but uh, stops herself when she can't readily offer a different solution. Yeah. Uh, Rose doesn't feel comfortable breaking into his home, but Blanche tells him that, uh, no, no, I have a key, and then pulls out a sizable key ring Similar to uh, the university groundskeeper. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> 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 description. I would have just said janitor, but I like your description yeah, much better. Yeah, I do better. too. I really like that a lot. <laughs> she kind of fumbles through the keys looking for the right name, even passing Al Bushman <laughs> before getting to Mel Bushman. Yeah. Uh, before opening the door, she reflects to the girls that she's always assumed that he'd be there for uh, she that he'd be there for her but took him for granted and take, took his, his needs for granted. Uh, I've been reading this. I'm catching a lot of my own uh, 
spelling and grammar errors. Mm-hmm. I usually don't make them. I don't know why I didn't catch them this time. Maybe I was Maybe. really tired. You've already checked out from being a quality engineer. That's it. That's it. I'm done with that crap. <laughs> You're like, quality somebody else's job now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll probably get a job similar to that anyway. Because <laughs> I'll ruin the quality elsewhere. Right. <laughs> There's more so, companies to take down. <laughs> <laughs> Slow but sure. Yeah. Over the generations, I will I'll bring them all down mm-hmm. Alan. Uh, so they open the door, um, and the uh, the house looks in a bit of a disarray. Mm-hmm. But Blanche says it looks pretty normal. Rose even notices an exercise bike in the corner that looks unused. Blanche says, "Oh no, we've been on it." And Dorothy insists that they not pursue that subject any further. I can't imagine any comfortable way to use that in a sexual <laughs> situation. It just seems uh, awkward and. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm not, not have a roomy enough. seat. Yeah, exactly. I don't know who would be the person on the seat, but no matter who it is, <laughs> a naked butt on a bicycle seat is not a good thing, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Blanche notices one millionth zipper award mm-hmm. and says that she won't be able to even look at the zipper without thinking of Mel. I mean, didn't you think the Bushman's trophy was sort of. <laughs> yeah. Badge in yeah. <laughs> Alaska, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looked, yeah, it kind of was floppy, too, if you know. <laughs> exactly. It's probably just a zipper that they freaking. Painted Mounted, gold, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, she sits down um, as the front door opens. Up, or sorry, she finds finds the uh, zipper award. Says she uh, will always think of Mel when she sees zippers. She sits down as, as the front door opens up, and there is Mel. He mm-hmm. enters. Uh, Blanche rushes over to him, and Rose explains that she was afraid he died. Yeah, that's why she thought that, and she points out that he's always available uh, to her when she calls, and he hadn't responded. Mm-hmm. He uh, tells them that when offering such a service, a man needs vacation every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Blanche gets uh, serious and tries to explain that when he wasn't there, she realized how much he truly means to her. She says that uh, she wants to be exclusive with him because she loves him. Uh, they kiss, and Blanche kind of motions to the girls to get gone, All right. and they exit. <laughs> I mean, the Bushman was not an attractive man. No, not really. But you know, obviously he's a good comedian. And so perhaps if his uh, real-life persona, you know, also uh, carries over to his uh, fictional persona, he's got a good sense of humor. Um, yeah, the, the the Goldens have dated some pretty, I would say, unattractive people in, in past episodes. Yeah, they've had some pretty look, good lookers, though, too. So, I mean, they can't all be an Alex Rocco, but... <laughs> exactly. Well, it seems like, like if she's looking for a side piece or whatever, like, who was, um... Oh, what's his name? Um... Sorry, the fishmonger or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the whoremonger. <laughs> no, Eddie. Eddie. Which one was that? He was oh, the, yeah, Eddie. The, yeah, went, the piglet. When he, yeah, you know, the piglet who was like the number one lover man of Miami-Dade County. And like, got, why can't that be Blanche's side piece? I get the impression that a woman just can't have him as only a side piece. That it's like once oh, you get a little too much Eddie, go. then it's like, you know, mm. you, you have to keep keep it dipping into that well. Yeah. Speaking I am of, not remembering who this individual is. Uh, he was the little mousy guy, and um, he was all musky or whatever, and yeah, real all that sack. I think I do Dorothy. remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had kind of a meek voice, kind yeah, of a little yeah. squeaky. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. His piglet's voice. Yeah, he was voice of piglet. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's. You had yeah. yeah. I got you now. We you spent said. a whole episode talking about how there's no better lover than a man named Eddie. Mm-hmm. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding, wedding bells in the future? Just trying to get there, aren't you? <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. Oh, Christmas is right around the corner for oh, us. That's true. He, he has not uh, said anything to me or my wife. 
You may so. be reigning in the new year with a you know legal son-in-law. Well, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a little brother for Camden. Mm-hmm. Don't don't say that. <laughs> as much as I love that baby boy, we don't need any uh, other ones running around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, moving on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a look that implies that we will be moving on. <laughs> As a belated Boxing Day gift to you, <laughs> I will concede the point. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, Dorothy and Sophia are again drinking coffee at the kitchen table when Blanche enters. Uh, she enthusiastically says that she's you know, ready for her big date. Sophia points out that she's just going out with Mel Bushman, someone she's been out with a bunch of times. But Blanche explains that now that uh, it's like they're starting a new relationship, she asks the girls, uh, do you realize how rare it is to find the person you've been sleeping with is actually the person you love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dorothy smiles and says that, you know, she's the wrong person to ask, but uh, she has morals. Mm-hmm. Rose enters also excitedly and tells them that she was given her big assignment. Dorothy guesses that's a cat show, but Rose proudly says it's Miami's 13th annual dog show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that she's going to get, quote, the scoop on man's best friend. They reassure her that she'll do a great job. Rose says she uh, wishes her mom and dad were there to see it. Blanche asks, because they'd be so proud? She looks back and replies, no, because they'd be alive. Yeah, that's probably my favorite line of the episode. And then she exits the kitchen. Blanche again uh, dotes about the butterflies in her tummy, saying that uh, now that uh, steaks are uh, different with uh, Mel, it's like she was, uh, it's like, Back when she was a virgin, Sophia chimes in that she must mean the feeling isn't going to last long. Yeah. <laughs> Blanche yeah, asks, Sophia goes on a roll right yeah. here. Blanche asks if she uh, is implying that she lost at an early age. Sophia goes on, and, like I said, a mini tear mm-hmm. with multiple insults on Blanche's virtue. Yeah, my favorite one was she says, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying you're lucky Jack and Jill magazine didn't have a gossip column. <laughs> that was pretty solid. Or, uh, I, I like the fact that uh, Ski refers to Blanche losing her virginity as a mini tear. Touche. And she says something about keeping her legs together, too, right? Her thighs. Or yeah, I can't remember what the phrase was, but yeah, there was another one about her legs not staying together. <laughs> At the end, Blanche gets up and uh, comments on the attack, that she won't stand for it. And then, prompted by her mother, Dorothy chimes in with, but I bet you'll lay down for it. Mm. Sophia then gets up and says uh, that her comment was rude, and Blanche adds that some people don't know how to quit, yeah. or when to quit. So, basically, Sophia, even prompting her daughter, then immediately throws her under the bus. Yeah, that was great, too. All right, we change the scene again. We see Dorothy and Sophia arriving at the dog show. Excuse me. Uh, Sophia is commenting on the, the cushy life of the dogs, you know, at the dog show. They usually pamper them, saying that they eat and sleep when they want, use the bathroom anywhere they want to go, and then realizes the parallels to her own life, saying, hey, I do have it pretty good. <laughs> now, if only uh, I could just get you to crack the window when you lock me in the car. <laughs> so Dorothy, <laughs> Dorothy tells her that uh, they're there to support Rose and asks her not to say anything that would embarrass her while she's doing her reporting job. Uh, then Rose shows up with her cameraman, Andy. It turns out that this is his audition as well. Mm-hmm. They both defer to one another uh, regarding where best to set up the shot. Sophia calls it the blind videotaping the blind. Mm-hmm. And Andy Andy gets set up and Rose begins her intro into the 13th annual Miami Pet Dog Expo. 
Just then, a masked man bursts into the room with a gun and demands that everyone hand over money and valuables. Rose and Andy duck uh, down behind a table. Rose says they have, they have to do something, but Andy points out he's got a gun. Rose says that uh, she's going to do what any good reporter would do, get the story no matter what. Mm-hmm. She instructs him to point the camera and just follow her lead. We jump ahead. Meanwhile, uh, Blanche and Mel arrive back at the home arguing about uh, a disastrous date, apparently. Right. She complains that uh, he wasn't classy enough, and he points out that uh, the boring plain restaurant wasn't, uh, was insanely expensive. Yeah, I like to think he says to her, give yourself some credit. It wouldn't have been a total disaster without you. Yeah, that was a good slapback. Mm-hmm. He adds that uh, in his experience, $250 should pay for five special occasions. <laughs> I like that. That was probably my favorite line. Yeah, I'm, solid. Uh, Blanche explains that the minimalist design should inspire conversation and says that it should have been about her. Mm-hmm. He responds that, you know, he didn't have to go out to do that. He does sit her down, says that she's fantastic, but uh, that he doesn't co- need constant fantastic, like a little bit goes a long way for him. He points out that uh, she calls him sometimes when dates stand her up, and uh, he tells her, Bushman awaits. He explains that he loves her and uh, the way their relationship has been in the past. Uh, but he's not interested in necessarily a tied-down arrangement. She tells him again that she's grown very comfortable with him, and when he wasn't instantly there, she did get worried and missed him. Mm-hmm. He insists that she missed the Bushman awaits. Right. Her. It was at her beck and call, basically. They stand and smile at one another, but agree that an exclusive relationship between the two of them probably won't work out. They agree to keep it the way it was in the past as friends. He suggests that they go grab some food, Rent a movie out of Africa, which I guess uh, won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, a I couple w- years before. Yeah. yeah, it was a. Uh, I looked it up. Give me a second. It was Robert Redford and um, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Spoiler alert: a dingo ate her baby. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I've never seen it. Have you? No. I don't have you watch seen dingo movies? Oh no, I have not seen it. And uh, they head back. <laughs> and, anyway, the gra- <laughs> I watched the remake though. Did you? Yeah, Madagascar. Okay. <laughs> shot for shot, almost. <laughs> I believe that's probably true. Uh-huh. Suggest that really David Schwimmer is our generation's Robert Redford. Oh yeah, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever played the hippo is our generation's Meryl Streep. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is that who played the hippo on that? Or are you just taking a wild guess? No, it was, it was Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'd say more, but I don't want to be snapped. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're <laughs> never going to get to the Oscars. <laughs> I like that you said a wild guess. Yeah. You mean wild since it's Madagascar? Like yeah. wild animals? <laughs> <laughs> now, in this case, isn't that a bit... Uh, Ironic, because weren't they from a zoo or something? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. And then they but go to Africa. Yeah, wasn't as funny as I thought. It was they really sorry. <laughs> they're like zoo animals who, you know, they're used to captivity. Right, they're right. So they're all be... soft and then... <laughs> I don't think <laughs> it's at all... thrown into the wild. <laughs> ironic. I don't think there's irony in the joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's plenty of good qualities <laughs> of the joke, but I don't think irony yeah. is one I would point out. Exactly. Um <laughs> So basically, like Madagascar, you know, to use an analogy, like they're a bunch of, you know, smart mouth New York lawyers 
and they end up in Madagascar, which is like Atlanta on the night Clayton was born. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could find some way. Yeah, (laughs) just trying to tie it back. Exactly. There you go. We can cut all that out. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Sherry can start listening again. Oh, (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) She's probably been waiting. Should we pause for that, too? Exactly. Uh, He suggests that they grab some food, rent a movie, and uh, head back to his place. She points out that they've rented uh, Out of Africa five times but have never quite made it to the end. He admits that that's the part he likes. Mm. The Bushman invented Netflixing and chilling. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. He called it blockbustering and chilling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they kiss each other as Rose walks up and pre- passes by them saying, life sucks, mm. and turns her head and says, hi, Mel. Mm-hmm. Blanche tells him that uh, he should go ahead and head home. And she'll come on over. and flaky jaking. <laughs> 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 flaky jaking? It wasn't flaky jake, so. Yeah. I think you go with blockbustering and ground rounding. <laughs> Where was I? When I was a kid, my dad had an idea, like um, to open up, like a takeout pizza parlor mm-hmm. place or whatever. Um, that was also a video store. Oh, okay. And I think that would have been a good idea, you yeah. know, in the 80s or whatever. Like, you go pick up your pizza and run a video all at the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then by now, you could have a red box in there. Exactly. <laughs> so. Like, I do wonder, like, why doesn't the Papa Murphy's have a red box in it? It would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So. so, I will say, uh, so Family Video was one of the last, like, video stores in our town to go belly up. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, like, they actually did pair with uh, Marco's Pizza. And they, they gave even coupons. You could get uh, discounts on pizza. Uh, or or I think it was if you bought a pizza, you get a discount on video or something. Mm-hmm. But the movies, like, you rent it five days for a dollar. Yeah, it was ridiculous good yeah. deals. I mean, if you're looking to rent a video or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not a great deal if you're not looking to rent a video. Well, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> if you're just contractually <laughs> obligated to rent a video. <laughs> if you walk in and they steal a dollar out of your pocket. <laughs> Dang it! Not as great of a deal. Exactly. It's like, ooh, you're not renting a video well, then we have to charge you an extra dollar for this pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Like, fine, I'll watch Edge of Tomorrow again. (laughs) I don't know. I've actually looked up Edge of Tomorrow to see where it's, uh, if it's streaming anywhere. And I think it is, but it's not anything I've got. I think it might be like Apple TV or... Mm. Or maybe I'm sure there's some places streaming, but if if not, you could probably purchase a Blu-ray copy on Amazon for under ten dollars. I'd have to assume. Chances are real good, yeah. I mean, if you're really that committed to seeing it, I'm not. But I'd like to see it someday. Just take a flight on Delta, and you'll be able to see it. (laughs) Get it for Blanche. (laughs) That's a good idea. Uh, Blanche tells him to head home, and that she'll come on over after uh, she's checked on Rose because she seems upset. He smiles and says again, Bushman awaits, mm-hmm. and then heads out. Rose tells the girls that uh, she didn't get the weekend reporter position. Blanche uh, half-heartedly laments the loss and suggests that they talk about her now. Mm-hmm. Dorothy pulls her back and tells her that, you know, the dog show was robbed, and uh, Sophia, w- Sophia and her were held hostage, and Rose was the only reporter at the event. Oddly wishing that she'd been there to see it, Blanche tells Rose, Rose to roll the tape. Uh, Rose drops in it, uh, puts it in the VCR, an old-timey device 
that hooked up to a TV and played pre-recorded video <laughs> and could also record programs con- currently playing on the TV. VCR stands for Video Cassette Recorder. Mm. I would imagine if they uh, got the flaky Jakes or Grand Round <laughs> references, then <laughs> they're probably good on the VCR as well. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys have one of those uh, things that like rewinds your videotapes, or did you just oh, rewind it in the player? I think we rewound it in the player, but I do remember those. Like, yeah. I feel like at some point they didn't even rewind on their own. Is that where they came from? I think so, yeah. Gotcha. That, that like was... the tape can only go one direction. Or you had to have a higher-end machine. It's like they had a lower-quality gotcha. machine that would only play. <laughs> Forward, yeah. I could be completely wrong on that. They may have just introduced yeah. it so that you didn't have to wait to watch your next movie for the mm-hmm. five minutes it took to rewind or whatever. See, that's what I thought it was that for. Like, the the people are like, oh, I'm too excited to... Yeah, yeah. really want to watch you know, Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so. back to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had one of the rewinders, but I think it also is partly because rewinding... I think it, it wore down the VCR more because oh, okay. it had such high speed. <laughs> I thought but, you just had it because your family was so kind. So. <laughs> we were always rewinding. Yeah, we'd, we'd rent them uh, knowing that it's not been rewound just or so we could rewind them and return take them. Take them back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the video uh, plays and shows Rose continuing uh, to report the dog show with the focus on the I, pet owners. So I do remember like the first time we rented a video mm-hmm. um, and just like being blown away by the coming attractions at the start. Like I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then we actually got to the actual movie. It's like, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> they always did like, it's a special dude. Yeah, coming exa- soon. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude's voice and everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the video's playing and shows Rose uh, despite the, uh, the robbery going on. Continue to report to the, the dog show with the focus on the pet owners that look like they're dogs. While the hostages kind of hold up their hands and a thief fires shots in the air to keep the crowd in line. She discusses how a man looks like his basset hound. Uh, she then ducks under a table uh, with another man that resemble, resembles his bulldog. Mm. You swear they were brothers. <laughs> he gets that a lot. <laughs> he ends the interview asking if they can discuss that later and then pulls the <laughs> table skirt down to hide. Finally, she adds uh, at the end that the police have now informed her of a robbery that took place by an unidentified man. <laughs> you can si- kind of see him uh, being towed away behind her. Uh, keeping on topic, though, she holds up a chihuahua, a chihuahua <laughs> with a mask chihuahua? on. Chihuahua. <laughs> wearing a mask uh, to act as an eyewitness. Ah. Blanche, of course, dumbfounded, but Rose uh, didn't cover the robbery at all. Rose insists that she was, uh, you know, sent to cover a story and wanted to meet the requirement, not giving in to sensationalism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sophia was about to point out the colossal failure in reporting, but Dorothy stops her and uh, tells Rose that it was probably just a difference in editorial judgment and simply wasn't the story they wanted. Right. Rose, tell, Rose tells the girls that uh, she's proud of the job she did and compares herself to Deborah Norville, saying that uh, she paid attention to every serious story she wouldn't have the cur- uh, wouldn't have risen to the position that she was in, likely taking a dig at uh, her role with Inside Edition. Ah. Rose exits and Blance announces, "Well, Bushman awaits." <laughs> <laughs> he gets up and uh, heads towards the door. He turns to the girls and tells her tells them what she's learned: relationships are more than sex and fun and videos, and that she's very happy not to be in a relationship with Mel. Mm-hmm. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We had a few guest actors in that one. Uh, Phil Furman, he played Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 titles for him. This is only Golden Girls. Um, he, uh, I'm sure that Ski probably remembers him from the movie uh, as the caretaker and Soul Keeper. Um, cinematic classic. Uh, we also had a uh, Jonathan Schmock. He played the robber. Now this is his second of four Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and he really runs the gamut. Um, mm-hmm. He starts off as a waiter, then he becomes a robber. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously things didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. But then he, uh, you know, kind of turns things around. He's a director, oh, you nice. know, and mm-hmm. then comes full circle and becomes a cop. Oh, nice! <laughs> so he really runs wow. the gamut. Yeah. Then we had a uh, Tommy Hintley. Mm-hmm. I played Andy. Andy was in uh, 83 things. This is only Golden Girls. Um, he was not too old for this shit and Lethal Weapon 2. Um, <laughs> he was a uh, journalist on Star Trek Generations mm-hmm. and had 13 episodes of A Mad About You mm-hmm. as Jay Shelby, if you're a Mad About You fan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, Alan King, uh, Mel Bushman, mm-hmm. 253 titles to his name. Only 40 of those as an actor. Of course, the vast majority as himself, mm-hmm. um, comedically and whatnot. Yeah. This was his only Golden Girls. Of course, he was in a casino, Bonfire of the Vanities, Cat's Eye, and uh, 111 episodes of The Tonight Show. Hmm. So, some solid, uh, at least Alan King, some solid credits for himself. Yeah, so, indeed. Yeah. So, Ski, who uh, won the coveted MVP award for you for this episode? I gave it to Rose. I said she stuck to the assignment and got the story despite the dire circumstances. And I say, F the news crew. <laughs> I gave mine to Rose also, so two for two on Rose. Uh, best lines overall, I thought. Uh, how about you, Brent? You got uh, it? I gave it to the Bushman. Okay. So, um, I just, he's a man who's just, you know, comfortable with the station in life. He's like, you know, I got a good thing going here, and I don't need anything more than that. Yeah. You know, he, like, does his own thing. He travels when he wants to. He, you know, keeps his house, you know, kind of sloppy or whatever. He's like, yeah, do what I want to. Uh, very well. I are very good. An inspiration I, to us all. I think that that's a solid choice as well. Yeah. So how many uh, slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? I gave it a six. Six, okay. I said it didn't have, uh, the episode didn't have a huge amount of substance, but overall I felt pretty entertained by it, and I thought it was a funny a funny writing and a funny story. And you, Brent? Oh, six and a half. Oh, okay. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I just, I don't know, I like Blanche having just a moment of introspection, like, you know, hey, maybe there could be more to life than mm-hmm. just, you know, booty calls or whatever. Well, and she also worries about other people's needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. There it's poking his eye out there. Mm-hmm. She cares about people. Exactly. Oh, don't worry. We get blank. We have to see old Blanche <laughs> back here in an episode. Uh, but I, <laughs> I gave it a six. So yeah. I thought it was a solid episode. I mean, I wouldn't quite put it in the conversation for the best ever, but yeah. definitely one of the better ones of the season. And yeah. like I said, I think we're on a little run of good episodes mm-hmm. this season. So yeah, definitely saying a lot. So. Indeed. But, all right. Well, I hope everybody is. Uh, I hope Ready this is not the best Saint part. Olaf. Of, right. Um, <laughs> oh shoot! Yeah, we have yeah. that. I'm glad I didn't sign it off. <laughs> Every time I forget about that. This is what four times in a row. I think I've done the same thing. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, Ski. Please. Uh, all right. Let me enthrall right us. All right. Once upon a time in Saint Olaf. He needs Olaf. his own theme song. You think so? Yeah. Will you sing us a little ditty? Um, feel highly underprepared. Do 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 do. <laughs> Please do that every time. I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Once so, upon... so you think they're like sort of like mellow introspective? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Once upon I like a, time? a chugging beat. Next stop, saying Olaf. <laughs> 
don't know. That's like a little Thomas the Tanky. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess said, the next stop. I thought you said so. jugging, like a jug band. <laughs> oh, I, I watched Emma Otter this year already. I know. I saw your uh, yeah. little text you sent us. Yeah, Brent's favorite Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chuck Band Christmas. We, we were doing some Christmas stuff last night, and we were in the car and everything, and I put on the soundtrack to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely, like, the songs are fantastic and everything, but without having, like, the, you know, the Muppets with them, they are a bit much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Ma Otter's voice is a bit piercing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Helena referred to her as the Donna Jean Godshaw of the Muppets, <laughs> which, is a, which is a deep cut for the Grateful Dead fans out oh. there. <laughs> Welcome back, Sherry. <laughs> She's just joining us now, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, once upon a time in St. Noah, a man named Ingmar... Yeah. lived atop a tall hill just outside the St. Olaf city limits. In this... So is it uh, still a back in St. Olaf story, then, if he's outside the city limits? Just outside. It's just, I don't know. It's a technicality. He needs to be limits. annexed. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell my story. Okay. It's, it, is, it has to do with St. Olaf uh, citizens. Okay. So. He has citizenship, even though he doesn't live within city limits? Listen, listen all right. It, I, we'll say just inside the St. Olaf city limits. <laughs> In this, a freaking castle. Uh huh. Wow. He was deeply hated and despised by all the townspeople. Some claim they didn't like him because of his callous and cruelty to others. He was one of the only wealthy people in this region, owning much of the land and housing properties. He would gladly foreclose on families, but purposely offer, quote, payment extensions to poor homes throughout the summer months just so he could hilariously kick them out during the winter. (laughs) (laughs) He once convinced his cousin to donate his kidney, telling him that he was dying. Then he sold it to a local farmer as high-grade pig feed. (laughs) 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 He signed up to buy 500,000 boxes of Sunshine Cadet cookies, Mm. an impossible order to provide in that area of the state. He knew it was impossible and proceeded to sue the nonprofit group citing false advertising. Mm-hmm. He won his suit, likely because he owned the judge's house, <laughs> and was granted rights to their future cookie production. In his biggest money-grab endeavor, he bought the rights to a cemetery, the same one his own parents were buried in. He exhumed all of the bodies, had them moved to a nearby bog plot, mm-hmm. and <laughs> built a shoddy low-rent apartment complex on the original land. Most of the town sued, but oddly, there was a previous instance in St. Olaf Law that allowed for this type of transfer. Sadly, the apartments were wildly successful, making him even more ri- or making him even richer. Ingmar used these extra funds to add to his lavish castle. It had a giant oaken door made with an endangered tree species, mm-hmm. the finest in cowskins to line the walls, and stuffed lamb rugs that looked like the cliche bearskin rugs keeping the animal's face intact. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Finally, fed up with his spitefulness, and in general horrible nature, the villagers decided to confront Ingmar. They originally planned to go during the daylight hours, as it would be a much easier trip up the hill. But they argued quite a while, and it grew dark. Also, they took a break for dinner, and twice <laughs> boiled herring takes a while to prepare properly. Mm. After the meal, they grabbed their torches and plow sporks. Plow sporks. <laughs> the St. Olaf equivalent to a pitchfork. And uh, marched towards his estate. Meanwhile, Ingmar heard the crowd approaching and grew excited. 
He kept a large stash of rotten eggs and hot oil ready in hopes that one day people would attempt to sack his castle. Mm. He had a sick fantasy of throwing them down on top of folks at the door. He grabbed his items from the storage containers and was running towards the front. The hot oil sloshed out of the bucket. He slipped, fell backwards onto the stone floor, and cracked his skull. Fittingly, he landed face-to-face with one of his lamb rugs. <laughs> the crowd arrived and banged on the door. Of course, Ingmar couldn't answer. <laughs> they ultimately climbed his window, peered, or climbed up to his window, peered inside, and saw his dead body on the floor. The end. <laughs> Thank you for putting us in the holiday spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. for, for the people who didn't watch the episode with us, though, it's a, a callback to her. Uh... <laughs> You're just joining us for the back end, so you don't want aspect. <laughs> but I remember earlier in the episode where she was given a uh, quote unquote, like, yeah. Uh, Sorry to feel better. Exactly. This is, this is filling in the blanks. Exactly. That's the part that she went through mentally in her right. head before she... <laughs> yes. Very nice. The end. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned sporks. Um, Cassidy one time asked me who invented the spork. And I was like, Colonel Sanders? She's like, why isn't he famous? <laughs> Excellent line. Yeah. Well, a nice story, Ski. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another... Uh, Another fine addition to the mm-hmm. exactly to your expanding universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, can sell these later, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps we'll make a bonus episode of just stitching together these <laughs> back in Saint Olaf episodes. Exactly. Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed back in Saint Olaf and the episode. As I was going to say, I hope this is not the best part of your new year so far. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I hope it's not the worst part either. <laughs> so yeah. Well, this drops January 2nd. Yeah. So it could be the first Happy. highlight of the year. It could be, yeah. Because, um, I mean, January 1st, they probably hung over all day. Yeah. I mean, if you're... if Are you someone who drinks much on New Year's Eve? No. No. I figure you probably worry. That's amateur hour, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. I've been thinking about having a drink lately. Like... I didn't stop. <laughs> I didn't stop for any. I didn't stop for any. Just like, in general. Yeah. You mean like alone? Get through this episode. <laughs> no, no. Like I don't know. Like I had a. We were out to dinner a few weeks back, whatever, and I ordered a beer with mm, dinner okay. or whatever. So I like I didn't stop drinking entirely. Mm, okay. um, but as far as just drinking at home goes, just uh, you know, because I was trying to lose a few pounds or whatever, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. But then the other day, I was getting some oats out, and I saw, you know, a bottle of <laughs> rye in the cabinet. It's like, oh, I should have myself a glass some night, <laughs> and I keep putting it off. So maybe tonight will be the night for it. Let me ask you this. I know beer is kind of fatty, right? It's mm-hmm. got, like, high calories. Yeah. Are other alcohols yeah, the same way? Yeah. I mean, it's sugar, basically. Okay, so yeah. yeah. I just like imagine you looking longingly at your empty snifter. <laughs> 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 like I have some fancy um like whiskey glasses um that I ordered um from the fish website. Oh very nice. It's got like various like fish lyrics or song titles, I'm sorry, around them or whatever. Oh, cool. And like I paid way too much for them or whatever. Less cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like yeah, I feel a little guilty about it, especially now that I'm you know, I haven't used them like drink alcohol in them in a year or oh, so, wow. you know. So it's been a while. But like I'll see Cassidy drinking her juice out of them or something like that. I'm like, that's just money well spent. Well, it's like because then like they have to be washed and everything. It's like eventually like that paint's gonna chip off or something like that. Like it should be used for something fancy or I just them up or something. So I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think that as long as they're getting used for something. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Otherwise, they'll just sit there in pristine condition when you die, and then Cassidy will give them to the Goodwill. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> she won't realize that she overpaid for them to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> and some dirty hippie's going to buy them used. <laughs> Drink their juice box out of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And, Happy New Year. Uh, Stay golden for all of 2023. Yeah, and beyond. And you too, Coco. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Oh, uh, talking a bit about you know about elves being immortal or whatever, mm-hmm. and you know I asked Cassidy that, and she's like, "No, the only thing that's immortal is Mister Burns," ah. <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Yeah, that's a really great response. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if she was going to take that in a religious. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's excellent. You have a mm-hmm. a bright and shiny young daughter there. Yeah, yeah. she's a keeper. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you feel that way. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but I decided that you I might hedge my bets. So I waited eight years <laughs> before I committed. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, well, let's, let's take it slow. Exactly. Still in the trial period. Yeah. Don't don't push your luck. Yeah. No. Through no fault of my own, she's now too big to fit in the box at the fire department. Uh, <laughs> she's on the box. Well, maybe you oh, should work like on her a, flexibility. Like a mail slot? Like the baby box. I like the idea that she's you like, oh, about? yeah, yeah. Like the abandoned child <laughs> box. Yeah, I know. Like, can you tuck your legs in? Uh-huh. Can <laughs> like, I just put your hand yeah. in here, honey? Yeah. Have you guys Look ever at the idea. <laughs> Have you guys ever used the uh... the baby box? No, <laughs> we've kept all of ours. <laughs> Not me. I'll tell you what. I'm like uh, freaking Herschel Walker over here. I mean, but thing... I insist that they have the baby. I mean, the baby <laughs> box is great and all, but the dumpster's so much closer. <laughs> but anyway, what were you gonna ask though? Have you used like that oven box at uh, Little Caesars? Oh, I, I have. Yeah, <laughs> like where you have to type in a code to get yeah. the pizza out. Yeah. <laughs> It's feels so much more high-tech than the quality <laughs> really of that pizza does. deserves. It really is. It really is. Now, like, if I typed in that code and it gave me a Donato's pizza, that'd be something. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, what? Yeah. Upgrade. Yeah, anyways, let's get you ready to kick off our next episode. Okay. Have you seen any new movies lately, Brent? Uh, the new Top Gun, uh, the new Fletch. Um, I'm currently in the middle of a rewatch of uh, the Terminators. Okay. Um, you should watch uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, it is all movie. And it's your co- Tom Cruise list. Uh, that's my um, that's my Desmond pick. Uh-huh. You know, like he'd read all of Charles Dickens except for <laughs> my old friend. And I've watched all the Tom Cruise except for Edge of Tomorrow. That's an odd one to leave out too. It's pretty solid. Yeah, and I think it's generally uh, highly regarded by critics as well. Yeah, I think it is. So, so. It is. Um, I think. Tr- so I've got a whole, I don't know, maybe next. I think next year I'm definitely like in January or whatever. I'm going to start a rewatch of all uh, 26 uh, James Bond movies. Oh, okay. Is so 26 already? Yeah, wow. already <laughs> 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 over 60 years. Yeah, <laughs>
<laughs> in fairness, movies don't come out that often. <laughs> I mean, already does seem like an odd thing to say, but you know, really, when you break it down, you're like, it's a movie almost every two years. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in his defense, though, I mean, there are probably like how many MCU movies have there been? Oh, yeah, probably about 26 20. in the last 15 years. Yeah. Or whatever. Very Great. true, very true. Yeah, they've but, been committed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, Do you know who's done the most James Bond movies? As far as the actor? Oh, Sean Connery in six. But it's not that uh, big of a difference, though, because Daniel Craig's up to what, five, isn't he? Yeah, he had five. But he's done, right? He's done, yeah. Yep. Uh, Oh, and I guess Roger Moore had six as well. Oh, okay. So they're tied, yeah. Um, Pierce Brosnan had four. Um, So we're up to 20. Who are the other uh, six? Uh, George Lazenby had one. Uh, Timothy Dalton had two. I'm... The original Casino Royale. I was going to watch that also. Um, and then the Never Say Never Again is an unofficial one. Uh, oh, okay. But it does feature Sean Connery, so I guess he would have seven. So. Okay, so he does win then after all. Yeah, he does. Fair so. enough. Yeah, is a I, remake of Thunderball. I heard that the uh, joke behind that was that he said he was never going to do another James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of said... Never we'll buy you an island. Well, like, and it was also out of spite. Like, there was a... Like they made Thunderball, and then there was a court case because the guy that you know wrote it, some of his characters were used in subsequent ones, and he's like, "No, I didn't authorize that. You need to pay me for it." Uh, and so they went to court, and they were like, "Fine, you can have the rights to Thunderball." And so theoretically, he could remake that one as many times as he wanted to, <laughs> and so he remade it um, with Sean Connery again. Oh, Sean okay. Connery did that one out of spite, <laughs> you know? um, and then he was like, he was getting ready to remake it again mm. um, with somebody else. And the James Bond people are like, this is ridiculous. We can't have you just remaking the same movie with James <laughs> Bond every 10 years. So they bought the rights from him. Ah, probably a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> so are you prepared now, Ski? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just having fun talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> now we can talk into microphones. So that others 